Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, uh, we had Grania O'Brien on from O'Mahony's recently. She was giving us some great tips on children's books. And we heard her say this. I ha- I sell a Darren Shan book every single day. Re- every day? Every single day. Yeah, I sell a Darren Shan book. I sell a Harry Potter book. And I sell a Roald Dahl book. Darren Shan every single day. I mean, I knew he was successful, but I didn't quite realise yeah, it was that good. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I adore his books. Absolutely love them. And, and a lot of the time when I meet kids and I say to them, like, what's the book that made you a reader? Darren Shan every time. Because they love spooky books, you know? So that was Gronio O'Brien. And that, that came up just generally in the uh, context of the conversation we were having with her on Limerick today a few weeks ago. So we said, well, we had to get in touch with Darren. We've had him on the show before and see what he thinks of all of that. Um, good morning to you, Darren. Morning, Joe. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, so there you go. Gronio oh, says every lovely. single day she sells one of your books. Oh, that was amazing. Just the fact that yeah, she mentioned uh, Harry Potter and uh, Roald Dahl as well. That's good company to be finding myself in. It's good company. No, I mean, I know, listen, your books are very popular. You've been successful in Ireland and internationally. But are you even a little bit surprised to hear that? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I know, yeah, but they're not as, um, you know, it's, it's been 20 years, actually, 21 years now since Cert Free came out. It came out in January 2000. So that's a long, long time in the children's world. You know, sort of children who were reading that when it first came out are now adults with children of their, of their own. But, um, yeah, it's a story that's really just, um, it's hung in there over the years. It's not as crazy as it used to be. I'm not doing all the travelling, well, obviously not at the moment, but even before the lockdown, yeah, I wasn't travelling quite as much as before. But it's still doing very, very well. I remember my agent saying to me years ago, he said, he said two things about children's books. He said, one, you'll never get rich from children's books, which is quite funny because he's also J.K. Rowling's agent, so <laughs> he was wrong on that front. But he also said that children's books have a way of lasting much longer than adult books. He said, an adult book will come out, it will be a bestseller, yeah, it might sell a few million copies in a very, you know, within a year or two, and then it sort of fades away from memory. Whereas a good children's book keeps getting passed on from reader to reader, from older boys and sisters, older brothers and sisters, to younger brothers and sisters, from yeah, from parents to children. And yeah, I mean, yeah, we see with Roald Dahl. Yeah, I mean, he's been dead, what, 20, 30 years, and his books are still going you know, crazy. Harry Potter's stopped publishing. The last book came out what, must be 15 or so years ago, I'm guessing. And they're still going really well. Your children's books, there's a, there's a magic about them where, not all of them obviously, but those that, are, that tell a really good story have a way of living on far past the shelf life of what, what, what you would expect. Mm. Well, I think that's a wonderful point. Uh, your books are aimed at a slightly older audience than my young fella. But I know, for example, that uh, at the moment I've been reading him the the, the tiger uh, who came to tea. And, oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm reading that to my couple as well. And I mean, and that, I think that was 1970 or something that book came out, there, thereabouts. It was, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that is you know, astonishing. And as you say, passing down through the generation. So, so you feel then that um, that generation who've grown into adulthood with the Freak series, for example, your, your series, that they will pass that to their kids. Yeah, I've actually, it's funny, um, now that we're talking about it, I had an email literally two or three days ago from a girl I was at primary school with. I mean, it's a long time now, Joe, since I was in primary school. Um, you know, it must be, what, 37, 38 years, and I haven't seen her or spoken to her in all that time. And I got an email a couple of days ago saying her, her daughter has just started 
secondary school. She's reading Cert the Freak. She couldn't believe her mum used to sit next to Darren Shan years ago. And yeah, it's just, I think there's a real joy in sharing reading with your child. You know, I see I've got a six-year-old boy and a two-year-old uh, daughter, and we, we love reading together. Um, it's just wonderful to, be able to sit down, even if it's only for minutes a day, to yeah. sit down with a picture book with our daughter. Uh, it might be something like Horrid Henry or uh, a book like that with, with my son. And just, just to read them and to share. A bit. It's, it's personal time. It's not like you're watching TV or a computer game where they're totally focused on that. When you're reading, it's the two of you together. And you, know, you might be reading to a child or you might be helping them along if they're an older child and reading by themselves. But it's just it's a great thing to be able to share. Mm. And I think it also, as, as, as adults, if, if there are books that we've read when we were children, like Roald Dahl or Tiger Who Came to Tea, and that brings back, I think, lots of memories for us as well. So I think it's not just the children who really enjoy the books. I think parents, sometimes, I'll be honest, I think parents can love the books more than the children. Yeah. I think you're not wrong there. We're chatting to uh, the um, author, Darren Shan. And I wonder, Darren, you know, knowing your locality fairly well myself, I mean, is there a sense in the community there, there's your man who writes the books, or or, or what? I mean, what sort of reaction do you get? Because obviously what you do is quite solitary, whether there's a pandemic or not. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, there's nothing fun about the pandemic, but um, in terms of, being affected with your work, you know, it had very little impact on me in terms of my writing because, you know, I've spent the last 40 years in a room by myself. You know, that's what you have to do as a writer. It's one of the things I always say to young authors um, when they're asking me, you know, what are the good things about being an author? What are the bad things? Now, I've always said the one really bad thing for me is the loneliness because it is a career where you, except for when you go out on tour, you know, you're actually doing the creating. You have to shut yourself off from the world. So, um, yeah, sort of, it's, it, 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 and you know, sometimes the children would look at me oddly when I say that, and they'd think, you know, it can't be that bad, can it? And I think yeah. lockdown is showing that you know it can be a lonely time, it can be hard. Now, obviously, as an author, it's something you choose to do. Yeah. So that's very different to the situation we find ourselves in, where we have no choice. Because I suppose what I'm wondering is, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, the likes of let's say Declan Hannan, the great hurler. You know, when he's out and about and he's walking along and his civvies and he's stopped by someone he knows, they're probably going to say to him, "Well, how's the hurling going?" Do people locally say something similar to you when they meet you? Well, what's the latest book there? They would. I mean, for the last year or so, it's been, oh, you must be getting great ideas from this lockdown. <laughs> it's always, I think only talk comes around to the lockdown at, at the moment. Um, yeah, but the, the nice thing is, because I, yeah, I live in Palace Penry, Joe, and I've lived there all my life since I was six years of age. I never lost the old Cockney twang. But, you know, I'm Palace Kenry. I wasn't Palace Kenry born. I'm certainly Palace Kenry bred. I've lived in Limerick, like I say, 42 years now, I've been 43. Yeah. And um, the nice thing about being this grounded in, in my local community is I'm, I've always been part of it. You know, I was always a writer, even back when I, was in, when I was in school. People knew me in school, knew that I loved telling stories. I always said I wanted to be a writer. It was just something I did. So, um, yeah, but people just sort of know me. Yeah, oh, that's Darren who writes the books. Yes. But I'm not like this uh, figure who lives shut off from the community. Exactly, yes, yes. I'm from this little village. My parents lived here, my grandparents, my great-grandparents. Yeah, and I just, you know, I might be famous in Japan, but, you know, in Paris, I'm just the guy walking his two kids down the road. Brilliant. Uh, I, I, I'm just wondering about that because I mean the international success of the books and I know there have been talks and they've gone on for a while in the background I think about the Cirque du Freak series but maybe others you've done as well uh, around bringing them to the screen is is that intermittent to, uh, once in a while does your agent talk about it or what? Well there, there was a Cirque du Freak movie oh, what was it, 11-12 years ago now um, it was a big Hollywood 
and we yeah we're in quite advanced talks on the search freak front with a team in, in the United States who are looking to adapt it into a TV show. So hopefully, yeah, it's been it's been on the boiler now for a good year or two, and it's looking like it. You know, we're at the point where we're soon we're hoping to go out to pitch to people like Netflix and HBO and whoever. Um, so hopefully, that will, yeah, in the next few years, there might be a certain TV show. And also another series of mine called Zombie. That's also been picked up by um, a production company who are working on script and trying to get that going also as a TV show. So, um, yeah, I, I always take the approach to these things that they probably won't happen. You know, books get um, optioned all the time. You know, it's a very, very small amount that actually go all the way to actually being adapted. But it's looking positive on those two fronts. So within the next two or three years, there might be two Darren Shan TV shows on the go. Right, that um, would be tremendous. Or, 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 or one or none. But ho- hopefully uh, it will. There's still that um, interest in the books, as we were saying earlier on. So hopefully that will translate into a, an adaptation at some point. Great. But, and I'm just wondering, because obviously we have an amazing facility here now in Limerick with Troy Studios, you know, and they, they've made some big budget stuff. Yeah, any possibility that if it is made, it might be made in Limerick? That's that thought has crossed my mind. Um, we, at the moment, we're very far off at that stage. It's still, you know, we haven't started pitching to anyone. It's certainly something I would be suggesting. You know, if we do get a company on board, I'll certainly drop it in their ear. Uh, have you heard of Toy Studios? Because yeah, that would be a dream for me. Um, when the first Zerta Freak film came out back in when it was two thousand nine, I think, you know, I sort of lobbied for the European premiere to be in Nimerick, and and we had it here in the uh, the, the Omniplex in the Crescent. Brilliant. That's the first place in, in Europe that it was shown. Um, yeah, I always think you know, lots of good things happen in London and New York and all those sorts of places. It's nice to bring something nice to Limerick every now and then. So, it, yeah, it would be a dream if it did happen. But. And, and, and very interesting what you said there. We're trying to Darren Chan um, that you know, you didn't feel that the film that came out uh, was faithful to the books. So is that a lesson you've learned in terms of any TV series that might end up on the likes of Netflix? I mean, it, it's a lesson I knew even before the film. Uh, I, lo- I love movies and TV shows. I watch a lot of them, and I've also read a lot of books about them over the years, and magazines and interviews with writers whose work has been adapted. And the thing is, when you sell your rights to a movie company or a TV company, they can do whatever they want. You always hope that they're going to involve you and ask your ideas and try to be faithful, but they're not obliged to. As an as a author, you usually have very, very little control of what happens, unless you're someone like J.K. Rowling power to say, well, look, if you don't let me be closely involved, I'm not going to sell it to you. you know, ordinarily, that doesn't happen. So I just take the view, you let them off and see what happens. You know, Stephen King has takes that view as well. And every so often, there's a great Stephen King film. You know, sometimes they're not so good. Um, yes. Just to keep your fingers crossed, it's not something you can control. So rather than waste time and energy trying to control it, you know, if, if, they, if they buy the rights, that's great. If, if they look to involve me, I'll certainly be involved. And TV people are saying they'd like my input, so hopefully that will translate well, into a faithful adaptation. Well, you just imagine that if they got it right and it was a faithful adaptation, you know, with all those platforms that you mentioned, the likes of Netflix now, that there's undoubtedly a worldwide appetite for this because obviously there's a worldwide appetite for the books. And, and on that, um, have you released uh, um, books recently, even in the context of the pandemic? I did, actually. Um, I was, I've, I've been working on a new series for the last several years. I spend a lot of time working on series before the books start coming out. And I was planning to release the first book late last year. But then when the, when the lockdown, first lockdown struck last spring, I just had this crazy thought in my head, um, bring it out now, rush release it. So I actually released the first three books in the series because it was 
one big storyline in the first three books. I did them all on the same day as, as e-books. Just because people were locked down. I knew spirits were low. I knew people you know, were looking for things to pass the time. And I just had this thought, put them out there. And so I, did, I actually did it on April Fool's Day last year. And um, I did it. I sent out an email to my fans. A lot of them thought it was a joke. It was only the next day when they realized, actually, no, three new Darren Chan books were on sale. <laughs> and uh, I've, got, I've got the next three books of that series coming out this summer. We're probably, again, I'm not going to release them on the same day, but I will release them closely after each other because, you know, we're still in lockdown. Things are still the same. So um, yeah. I just think, yeah, put, put them out there. And, and one other thing, I know it involves a lot of international travel when that's allowed. Are you missing the book signings and, and meeting your young fans? Yes, although oddly enough, um, I, you know, I've been touring very, very uh, aggressively for like 15, 16 years. And shortly before lockdown, I sort of made the conscious decision I was going to take some time off from going out on the road, especially now that I've got two young children. You know, I didn't want to be a dad who misses them growing up. And, you know, there used to be times I could be away for a month at a time and back back in the, the old days. And I just thought, yeah, I'd made a conscious decision. I wasn't going to tour very much and I wasn't going to say, start saying no to things. I mean, lockdown happened and <laughs> I had no choice. But, um, Actually, on that side of things, I love touring. I love getting out on the road, and hopefully a few years from now, I'll get back out there. But, um, yeah, it's sort of uh, lined up quite nicely. But, you know, I couldn't be tempted back out. So it's been nice. It means I've got to see how I've spent the last year. Obviously, it hasn't been ideal, but I've spent sort of time with my daughter and son, which you know, normally, if, I'd, if it'd been 10 years ago, I wouldn't have spent that much time with them. Yeah. And finally, you mentioned, you know, great children's authors like J.K. Rowling. And we know she's seen her share of controversy and, and she's somebody who, you know, will use her social media and her profile uh, about issues that she feels passionate about. I mean, what are your thoughts on all of that? It, it's very, very tricky these days. Um, I, I'm a great believer in open debate. You know, I was brought up. You know, I think there's, there's always two sides to the story. And even if you disagree with something very strongly, yeah, you know, I think unless people are looking to incite a riot or something, then, you know, everyone's entitled to express their opinion. Um, but, yeah, it's very, very hard with Twitter and Facebook these days. If you come out and say something that rubs people up the wrong way, they can get very, very angry about it. And you can suddenly find yourself under attack just for saying what, what you believe in. You know, I don't share all of J.K. Rowling's beliefs. You know, I probably don't share all of your beliefs or anybody else's beliefs. You know, right from about people, that each one of us forms our own opinions of the world, of what we believe in things we think about. Um, and, you know, I, I like when there's, when, it's, when there can be polite conversation. I love going out, well, not the last year or so, but, yeah, when, when before the lockdown, I love going out with friends and meeting up with people and just chatting about the worries of the day and the news stories. Yeah, I would have loved, you know, with all this European league thing, I'd have loved to have been sitting in the down with, you know, some of my cousins and friends and chatting about it and playing devil's advocate and saying, oh, that was a great idea, we should have gone with that, it would have been the best thing ever for football. <laughs> I just, you know, I think... I miss some of that these days. It's very, yeah. And as a public figure, I have to be very, very careful of that, which I think is a shame because you know, there's a lot of humour has gone from the world, I find, because you say something online and it's not the same as saying it in person. Like you and I could be out together and we could have a little chat and you might say something controversial, but you'd see a twinkle in my eye and know I was only, as I say, playing devil's advocate. But you do it online and it can come across very, very straight and it can come across very, very coldly. Um, so yeah, so basically, I'm very, very careful whenever I express an opinion these days about pretty much anything, All right, well, <laughs> except my books. They're always.
always great. Absolutely. Well, listen, we're certainly not going to try and get you in trouble, but continued success to you, Darren Shannon. It's a fantastic story there in the heart of Palace Kenry, and you're continuing to uh, bring out tremendous books that have such a positive uh, impact on uh, young readers, not just in Ireland, but right around the world as well. And we look forward to, if that comes to fruition, seeing uh, Cirque de Freak on Netflix or somewhere like that. Uh, great to chat to you, Darren, and uh, hopefully we'll all be out of this at some point in the not-too-distant future. Thanks for having me on, Joe. Good to talk to you. Darren Chan. Cheers. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.